You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, welcome back to Pulse of the Planet. I'm Jim Metzner. We're listening to a traditional song from the Nachi Nation, which I recorded at the annual powwow held at the Grand Village in Natchez, Mississippi. Now, the name of the tribe is pronounced Nachi, but it's spelled just like the city of Natchez. In the mid-1800s, the Nachi were relocated from Mississippi to Oklahoma and North Carolina, Force marched, really, along with other tribes, on the infamous Trail of Tears. And every year, a group of the Nachi returns to the Grand Village to revisit their ancestral home. And that's where I met Hutke Fields, the principal chief of the Nachi Nation, who ended up writing the foreword to my novel, Sacred Mounds. In the novel, we get introduced to some of the words of the Nachi language. And I asked Hutke to give us a little taste of the language and its role in their culture. We were meeting, and I wanted to uh, greet someone. What would I say? As a greeting, you would say, Jean Kololo, Wida Shogunan. And Jean Kololo is a fancy way of saying, Oh, hi, how are you? In the greatest way. And then, uh, you can make the Wida Shogunan uh, as a question. Wida Shogunan, are you having a good day? And the answer to that would be, uh-uh, which means yes, not uh-uh. And, <laughs> and then you would say Shogun after that. Yes, it's I'm, I'm good. And then you would start other parts of the conversation like Hawk uh, Penaguchi. Do you, would you like some tobacco? Mm-hmm. We have a prayer to the four directions. Well, it's actually more than four directions. It's uh, four directions up, down, that's six, and all around, which is seven, just in case we miss something. And that prayer starts out with Kwashib Kakonis, Karawashu, Hinachnachichi Manatamin. And that means uh, to the east, from whence the sun comes, for our honorable children and young people. Hutke and others have been making sure that the next generation is learning the Nachi language and keeping it alive. And at the powwow in the Grand Village, I witnessed a tradition that's also being kept alive, an intertribal stickball game. But the Nachi's version of the game is very different from what I, who grew up in New York, would think of when you say stickball. The Native American version is closer to lacrosse, except that the sticks are shorter 
and the game is played like a cross between tackle football and a World Wrestling Federation free-for-all. There are two different ways that we play stickball. One of them is called the Little Brother of War, and that would be we tried hard not to have battles and, and skirmishes and and have other tribes be mad at us forever. Lots of the issues between tribes and between brothers and cousins tribes uh, were resolved with a stickball game. Stickball games, we call it man-to-man stickball these days, and they were used to resolve conflicts or to bet on something. Or both. (laughs) And uh, stickball, you have a little ball that's about the same size as a golf ball and sometimes it has a tail on it which means it doesn't exactly go straight when you throw it straight uh, unless you throw it really hard Uh, and basically there are no out of bounds limits so there's basically a, a football field or larger sometimes much larger depending on how many men are going to be out there and uh, all you have to do is get that little ball through those uprights. That's the sound of a stickball game in progress in the background, which took place in the shadow of the mounds, hallowed ground for the Nachi. The mounds are man-made hills, and they're found throughout the United States. Indeed, they're, they're found throughout the world. At one point, there were thousands, perhaps even tens of thousands. Some have become famous, like the Serpent Mounds. Many of them have been forgotten, plowed over, destroyed by construction. Some are burial mounds, and some were ceremonial. And what the ceremonies were is still a bit of a mystery. Historically, the Nachi were among the last tribes observed who were interacting or living upon or, or being involved with the mounds in some way, which is when I was writing my book, that's what originally brought you guys to my attention. What is the significance of the mounds uh, to you? Well, the significance of the mounds is everything. It embodies our culture. In other words, uh, still today, the principal chief or the great son is basically like the uh, head monk. He's been chosen sometimes when he was a little kid and trained for the position that he holds. Does he get paid for it? No. Does he uh, own anything? No. His whole life, as well as the town chiefs, they're elected for the balance of their lives, is a life of true service. So we elevate, raise up our chiefs. So the chief's mounds are generally the tallest because he's basically donated the rest of his life for the entire nation. Plus, they they are special ceremonial places that already have wonder there, that already have the great spirit. What do you call that? A uh, a place that has spirit. I would call it a sacred place. A sacred place where 
we elevate our chiefs. So it's an honor to be lifted up. Often they lifted up primary clan mothers in the same way that they do the, the principal chief or the great son. When you learned that you were going to be the, uh, the great son, how did that come to pass? You feel like you're being watched, and you are. We have a way of looking at people to see if they have enough spirit or if they're showing dedication or if they're always there at the ceremonies or if they try to touch medicine right and they smoke right, if it's smoking a pipe, that they know the language, that they know the traditions. Strong people who are strong in traditions and can laugh about the little things but get the big things done. Anything you'd want to say about what it was like working with me on Sacred Mounds? This is a book that was partly drawn from the history of what's been passed down from these uh, men who wrote diaries and observed the Nache and others through their own cultural lens and wrote it so it was distorted by their own cultural prejudices. And yet it's a valuable record of what went before. So part of that was what went into the book, but you guys set me straight on a lot of that with what was not written down, which was part of an oral tradition. Anything that you'd care to say about what it was like working with me to help this book come to pass? It was a real pleasure working with you. Some of these old movies and books were just written by people who had done no research and it was just a novel. And a novel is a novel. But when you can make it almost real to the point of using the correct language and talking about medicine and the way we do it, it makes it to our people and probably everybody else more realistic. Uh, that's probably not even a strong enough word. More like us. And Quite frankly, I'm proud that you did such a good job of including the way we might have acted and the different spirits in people and the way we try to pray. I think the whole book is excellent, and uh, I'm proud of you. Well, thank you, my friend. Thank you. That's that's very humbling, and 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 it was a mutual. It's a pleasure to work with you, and you know, I was honored to be a witness to some of the ceremonies and to be with you on the Emerald Mound briefly. And it's been a great honor and a privilege to me too. I had one other question I wanted to ask you about. The book talks about listening in a special way. Listening is such an important part of everyone's lives, whether we know it or not. Something that the world could use a little bit more of these days. And in the book, Listening itself becomes a sacred process, whether or not that reflects accurately on the practice of the Nachi, I, I really don't know. But I, I guess there's my question of what is the importance of listening from what you've received and from what you wish to pass on? You've heard to the young ones, they say, listen to your elders. But then what do the elders say? The elders say, 
If you want to do it better, you go out in the middle of the woods and listen to the trees and the birds and the squirrels and the bears and see what they had to say about it. They say that listening in a proper way, you have to listen to everything. We have to come together and listen to everything, including Mother Earth, or we're going to lose it. So that in your book, praying in the proper fashion at the, at the proper time so that bad things don't happen with our mother, the earth, is phenomenal, I think. Thanks to Hucky Fields. If you want to learn more about the Nachi and the novel Sacred Mounds, visit sacredmoundsnovel.com. That's sacredmoundsnovel.com. I'm Jim Mitzner, and this is The Pulse of the Planet.